As you well know by now, whether you're here or uh, virtual with us this morning, we've had a series of sermons on Jeremiah entitled Surviving Disasters. As we approach the theme this morning, I'd like to ask if you were stranded on a deserted island and had only one book, what would it be? Now, I hasten to add, you have a Bible or you remember hymn verses, you remember psalm verses, maybe even <laughs> maybe even remembering, for those of us who did it, uh, all six chief parts in their explanation of Martin Luther's catechism. But beyond that, what would it be? The most practical thing that I've read about is you'd like to have Butler's Guide to Boat Building. You could get off the island if you could build a boat and maybe get back home. Jeremiah 29 is God's word through Jeremiah, a letter sent to the Judeans who were in Babylon following the last destruction of Jerusalem and Solomon's temple in 587 B.C. They may as well have been shipwrecked on a desert island. The Bible calls this Exile. Exile is being stuck in a place where you don't want to be. Uh, somehow we can all have that feeling after sheltering in place for what's turning on to months now. Exile is traumatic. Our sense of who we are is often connected to place and the people we are with. And when that changes, it's very, very unsettling. Who are we? As I prepared this sermon, I remembered, and I mean suddenly recalled, remembered, the first conscious knowledge I had or experience I had of exile. Actually, it was right here in Fort Wayne. At uh, about three months shy of my 17th birthday, my parents brought me from Akron, Ohio, and left me at Concordia Junior College. I don't, maybe none of you here are old enough to remember that, but the Concordia Junior College was at North Anthony and Maumee. Today it's Indiana Tech. Actually, about two years after I graduated from there and went to what was the senior college, Indiana Tech bought the campus. And today there is one building, the administration building, in the middle of campus that was still part of what I knew. But what happened was my parents dropped me, few possessions and clothing in the room, and on the door there were two names, mine and a supposed roommate, who never showed Suddenly, I'm away from place, I'm away from parents, and nobody with me. Well, I got out into the hall, uh, met some buddies, met some people, went to the dining hall, etc. I think there was, I don't remember exactly, there was maybe one kind of mixer or something that weekend. And what I noticed was, even while I was sitting with a bunch of guys, uh, those who had roommates kind of had a what I guess a military person would call a Batman when, when conversation kind of lagged, they could turn to one another and talk. That was settled the next uh, week when I was put in a room with two other guys and finally had some roommates. But I couldn't wait for classes to start on Monday morning. 
exile. As we noted many times then, the Judeans were hauled away across 700 miles of desert to Babylon. They had never been there. The topography was strangely flat. They had been used to mountains and hills. It was a lot hotter. The language was incomprehensible. They were truly in exile. Judah's exile was a violent and extreme form of something that we go through in our lives. Uh, From the moment we were born, in effect, we were exiled into some sort of strange new world. We grew up in a family and about age five or so, somewhere in there, suddenly we're exiled into the demanding world of school and strange things there. We get through school and we're exiled into a job on our own, doing things, trying to make a way. We're exiled perhaps from our hometowns and cities into a new state These experiences of exile, major and minor, continue through the changes in society, changes in government, changes in ourselves, changes in our physical circumstances as we get older. Just conjure up your feelings during these last months of sheltering in place. Life's losses can trigger an identity crisis. When we're no longer part of a relationship, Who are we? When we're no longer part of a group, who do we become? When a different season of life is forced upon us, how can we embrace a new role? Well, we turn to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29 is almost a little book in itself in the middle of Jeremiah. It's a letter that the Lord said to Jeremiah, send this to the people in Babylon. There were prophets in Babylon saying, don't worry, we're going to go home pretty soon. The Lord wanted to straighten all of that out. And so when we're in a place that we don't know how to respond, how do we survive? We survive through shalom, through peace. Yes, it's not just what Pastor Sean led us through, this deep breathing or imagining or remembering sitting at the ocean with the waves crashing or out in the middle of the forest with the birds singing or perhaps closing our eyes and humming a mantra of some sort. It's not that kind of peace, though that can lower our blood pressure and our heart rate. Shalom is peace that is started from God's side, who sent after many years and decades and centuries sent his son to this place, to this world. Peace, shalom in in Hebrew, Irene in Greek, is God acting in Jesus, who really knew exile, who took our exile because of our sins on himself on the cross. And we heard the cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Talk about exile. But then the third day came the resurrection and our Lord appearing to his disciples saying, Peace be with you. Peace 
as St. Paul says in Colossians 1.21, by the blood of his cross. With that piece, we can look at Jeremiah's advice about living in exile. First, make the best of things. Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Build your houses and live in them. The Lord is saying to those Judean exiles, you're going to be there for a while. You aren't just camping. You may as well put down foundations, build a house, decorate the kitchens, and get back to life. If all you do is sit around and wait for the day you're going to get back to Jerusalem, you're going to waste a lot of time and energy. Your life right now, where you are, is every bit as valuable as it was when you were in Jerusalem, as it will be when I bring you back to Jerusalem, not in three or four years. After 70 years, I will bring you back. It's just as valuable where you are. Plant gardens and eat their produce. He's saying, enter into the rhythm of the, of the cycles of harvest and so on in Babylon. Get your hands dirty in the soil. Learn to deal with the Babylonian irrigation ditches that will bring some water to your gardens. Acquire skill in cultivating fruits and vegetables there. Maybe even try a few Babylonian recipes. Dig in where you are. Live with what you have. Take sons and daughters. You cannot become the person you are if you live all by yourself, if you stay by yourself. Marry, have children, embrace. Pray where you are. But seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its shalom, you will find your shalom. This last week, I had the privilege of again calling on one of our members who last fall went into a senior facility here in Fort Wayne. And I just had to smile thinking of this sermon. When she went there, when I first called on her, she was in tears. She said, Pastor, I know I just could not stay in my home any longer. I know that. But I hate this place. But I'm going to pray. And we prayed. A couple of visits later, with a smile on her face, she said, I found a reason. I said, what? Well, at my table, there's a woman who has shaking so much she can't get food to her mouth very well, and so I feed her. <laughs> in fact, this last week at one meal, I fed her so long that an aide came along and kind of chastised me, saying, you know, she has to try for herself. Enter coronavirus. We talked on the phone. Finally, last week, I was able to meet with her on the porch, six feet apart, masks on. And as part of the conversation, she said, we have not had a single case of coronavirus here. We are so proud. Praying summons the God 
whose might created the world into our exiles, giving us his grace and his peace. So therefore, we can be hopeful about God's plans. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for shalom and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. Remember, these words were spoken to downtrodden, displaced, depressed exiles. As the one psalm says, we've hung our harps on the willows. We can't sing the song of the Lord anymore. For them, it was hopeless. But God said, I have plans. Plans for shalom, not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. So we seek the Lord above all, he says in Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And in the next verse, he says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Note all those first person. I will be found. I will restore. I have driven. I will bring back. I sent. Shalom is anchored in God's promises connected to prayer. So Jeremiah's letter says, quit sitting around and feeling sorry for yourselves. The aim of a person of faith is not to be as comfortable as possible, but to live as deeply and faithfully as possible. Discover truth, live in love. The only opportunity you have to live, you have to live in faith is where you are right now. In your present circumstances, in the house that you live in, in the family you're a part of. So daily we we face decisions on how we respond to exile. We can say, I don't like it. I wish it were 10 years ago. I wish I had the strength I did when I was 20. Or we can say, the Lord is here with me. I will do the best with what I have. Far more important than the climate of this place or the economy of this place or the family I'm in is the God of this place. And as he comes through word and sacrament, the God of this place is the God of that place. Who took our exile to that cross. All of us face seasons, short or longer, of exile. What do we do with them? Wish we were somewhere else, complain, escape into fantasy land, uh, drug ourselves through alcohol or something, or build and plant and seek the welfare of the city and know that the Lord who is with us, giving us his peace and shalom, enables us to live in that peace and share it. That's possible because, as we heard in Romans, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name, amen.